Hello, and welcome to Rabbit Troop Sucks. Tonight, as Rabbit Troop Sucks, we'll be taking you on a magical experience for one night only. Tonight, we'll be reviewing and contemplating an evening with Beverly Laughlin from 2018. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, I, as always, uh, we are your hosts. I, I am Mike. And I'm Paul. And and he's right. We're going to take you on a for one for one night only one magical night with Beverly Laughlin. This this is a movie that you actually brought to my attention. Um, we we I, we had seen a movie by this director called the, the Greasy Strangler. Mm-hmm. The movie was called the Greasy Strangler. And, I, and I'm willing to review that in a future episode. I don't know that I can. <laughs> I think you might just need to watch it one more time. That that movie's it's pretty gross. Um, yeah, actually, I'm really glad you're using that adjective. This is kind of the director's shtick. I don't even know if I want to say that. Just this is almost part of his attitude that his movies are kind of gross and dingy. And every time I see a scene, I think I want to wash my hands. And this movie, I don't think this movie is really gross. There's just scenes in this there, one. There are scenes but, in this one, but, but you're right. It's that's very, his aesthetic. Like, yeah. It, gross. There's an interesting aesthetic. It's. The time frame, I mean, I think we assume it's like in modern times, but I think so. the time frame is kind of nondescript. Like you don't really see any technology. Um, no one, no one really uses like a smartphone or, or it has like a, an LED TV. Yeah. Um, l- l- let me read the, the summary too. And we'll kind of start, you know, delving into the setting and kind of what might be happening. So Lulu Danger's unsatisfying marriage takes a turn for the worse when a mysterious man from her past comes to town to perform an event called An Evening with Beverly Laughlin for one magical night only. And yeah, Mike brings us directly into the setting um, and maybe the time frame of, it seems very Napoleon Dynamite in some ways. It's, just, it's very Napoleon Dynamite. Um, and that's actually a good, a good call out because... Yeah, like even even the filming style, it kind of has like like a dusky yellow tinge to everything. Everyone's wearing d- kind of like like if a, you found a kind of cool jacket at a thrift store, and I'm not knocking that, but what if like seven people had cool jackets from thrift stores? One would, of the characters, Emil Hirsch, is dressed in suits, and I noted he looked like David Byrne from the uh, Talking Heads, like a like a little kid in a big suit. Yeah, all the fashion is very eclectic in this movie. There's no, it. I mean, it. I think it's very like '80s to early '90s themed. Everyone kind of looks like a like a B side, um, like background character from the Goldbergs. Yeah, um, kind of. Just like everything, <laughs> like a lot of big shoulders. Um, not very contemporary, but also I feel like th- these would have been the fashions that were not popular in the time that they were released. It, it I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but it's just, it's a very kind of weird throwback dingy aesthetic. Um, and highlighting some of our characters, we have Aubrey Plaza playing Lulu danger mm-hmm. and we have Emile Hirsch playing, uh, her husband, Shane danger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just like their names. Danger. The, 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 yeah. The names are great. Mike and I were talking about this earlier. One, I know we both absolutely love Aubrey Plaza. I love Aubrey Plaza and parks and rec and tons of other films that I've definitely seen her in. Uh, the to-do list. I would, gr- I'd gladly critique that. I feel that movie just came and went and is, I love that as a summer movie, but I love her in this. Um, but we talked about Emile Hirsch specifically. And for me, <laughs> I feel Emile Hirsch is kind of an underrated actor. I have actually liked him in everything I've seen him in. Even if I didn't like the film per se, I've always liked him. I mean, I honestly have to assume the first thing I ever saw him in, unless he was much younger, was The Girl Next Door. Mike and I. That movie's terrific. Uh, almost as a challenge to, as Mike noted, our sister podcast. They don't know that there are sister yeah, We haven't yeah. told them yet. But it was mentioned, so now they just yeah. know. And uh, they reviewed uh, Speed Racer with very unfavorable They did reviews. not like Speed Racer. I love the movie Speed I, Racer. I do as well, and I kind of want to review it just to, to reclaim it for our own. That we, Mike and I have for years talked about how much we liked it. But Mike does not like Emile Hirsch's Into the Wild. And I even said, I was like, if you don't like the movie, I understand. But I did not think he did a poor job or a poor performance. I actually really liked him in the movie. I just think that movie sucks. I think it's about a <laughs> stupid story about a stupid person that no one should be talking about. But did Emil Hirsch help you understand that? I, 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 he was fine. He's fine in everything. But like that, I just, that I can't with that movie. I, I just can't even. 
for this movie, I actually wrote a little list of characters, and one of the characters is is Tyrone, and it's played by Zach Cherry. And mm. I just thought it was backwards for a moment. I was like, wait, is Zach Cherry his character? Because that's a sweet <laughs> name. But no, that's his real sweet name. Did so, you write down Tyrone's last name? Is what is it? I don't remember, but I I looked it up and I remember I remember enjoying it. Oh, it's uh, Tyrone Paris. Tyrone <laughs> Paris. That's right. He, um, Zach Cherry. He's, he's he's also in the the modern television show uh, Severance on on Apple TV Plus, where he plays effectively the same character as in this, but it, he's great in that. I love this. I love this actor in this film. I yeah, yeah people should should watch it. Agreed. Um, so yeah, just right off the bat, I want to get a couple things clear about this movie. I really like this movie. Um, Paul brought it to my attention after we watched The Greasy Strangler. Um, Which I don't think we made the association of the director at the time. No, honestly, I, I don't know that we did. As Mike is kind of poo-pooing on the greasy strangler. No, strain that movie's, I I like, I enjoy that movie. I just don't know that I can talk about it in, <laughs> in like a humorous, if that's what this is way. Oh, yeah, um, that's... Yeah, it's just it's, it, it was an experience it's, that it's, might have that was the greasy. magical night. It is greasy. Um, this movie is less greasy. But yeah, I, I think this movie is actually really fun. Taking notes for this movie was hard. Uh, I mean, as, as you know, uh, all of you tens of listeners or single of listeners. The, the listener, um, we, you know, we, we just kind of almost scene by scene kind of break down these movies. And I when I'm taking notes, I, I try to focus on like either things that are funny or things that are, are kind of stand out as weird or humorous in, in this movie, literally everything that happens is bonkers. Like there is no filler. Even the filler is like just weird. So I, I think talking through this is going to be a little bit different because just like I said, everything that happens is kind of noteworthy because this, this movie kind of exists in like a weird uncanny Valley of filmmaking where it looks like a real movie so much that it doesn't anymore. Yeah, and there's a lot of quick cuts. I started noting, I often note when scenes change. Mm -hmm. For this movie, it was like hotel room, other hotel room, lobby, hotel room. And it's very quick, just a couple lines, then a cut, and we'll get to that. But Yeah, we've kind of touched on that before, and I think the quick cut thing is definitely really prevalent in like kind of the, the shitty 80s movies that we that we, we talk about. Yeah, and this movie is uh, definitely an homage to that. I mean, it's 100%, absolutely clear. But I, I think you don't, you don't really see those quick those quick cuts in like what you would consider to maybe be a good modern movie. <laughs> right. um, yeah. There's just, there's a lot of back and forth, but that's fine. We'll, we'll work through it, but uh, let, let's just jump in. Let's start talking about this. Sure. We start at Bob's, which seems to be some kind of coffee house. Maybe they serve a couple kind of pastries. Yeah. And... The, the restaurant confused me because a lot of scenes take place here. It's called Bob's. The sign has like a wiener dog on it. Um, and every once in a while you see people in the restaurant, they don't look like they're eating anything. And there's only ever three people working in the restaurant and they're all wearing suits. Um, there's like a grill, like a, like in a diner, a cooktop, but it's, it looks unused. Uh, it doesn't look like they've prepared any food. It looks like they just make, make coffee. Yeah. And Emil Hirsch's character is Shane is definitely very happy about a specialty coffee that he makes later that he doesn't make at the restaurant. Also, as I noted, the, uh, the director's aesthetics, a lot of the drinks, I noticed this all throughout this movie, just are gross. When food is eaten, it's gross. It's it's not like messy, cute. It's just kind of gross. And these drinks mm -hmm. just, for me, look gross. Yeah, um, we, we can talk about those drinks more as people as people have them. Yeah, and they, um, and they, and they do throughout the film. Yeah. And I do like this film. I will highlight all throughout this film, I do like it. But there is definitely a gross element. It's just really weird. I also noted the author's next... Uh, project is called gleek and that's kind of where you like, roll your tongue and spit comes out into a like a fountain I little stream that, i didn't know that yeah and i'm like that. that's that just highlights <clears throat> the author's at or the author the director's attitude is just kind of gross <laughs> um yeah, but the humor funny. is funny throughout it's not always gross humor it's just some of the the props or things that are happening around people or the settings are often just kind of gross yeah so so yeah, we're, we're in the restaurant. There's, there's now four people there. Uh, there's Shane danger. There's Tyrone, a guy whose name I don't remember and Lulu. Um, and, uh, the weird guy whose name I don't remember turns to Lulu, uh, Aubrey Plaza and says, Hey, check this out. And he starts doing this weird, like bird <laughs> flap wing <laughs> dance. <laughs> and she says, are you, are you break dancing? And he goes, yeah. The, these two, these two also seem to have a little bit of a rapport. There's some yeah. back and forth kind of in these opening sequences where it's like 
this is the guy I like to work with. We just crack jokes. I right. kind of like yeah, it. Yeah, everyone kind of has a loose and easy <laughs> vibe here. Um, so Shane Danger kind of gives Tyrone shit about the winter blend coffee for some reason. Uh, he's putting it out because it's not winter. It's not winter, but that's the coffee that they have. Um, so, But then a guy from corporate, Bob's corporate comes in, he, and he pulls Shane into the office and says, hey, look, you got to fire somebody. Um, and Shane kind of goes, uh. And then quick cut. We're, we're at home. And this is, we actually don't know that Shane and Lulu are married at this point. Yeah, I was kind of are. under the impression that they're just employees or maybe right. there's some kind of flirtation. But, but now we're, we're at Shane and Lulu's house and they're eating spaghetti and meatball. Well, spaghetti and meatball. Yeah, the, 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 meatball, mo- the meatballs the, is the size of the Hulk's fist. It's the biggest <laughs> meatball you've ever seen in your life. Um, and I'm, th- I'm glad we're making similar notes on yeah, meatballs. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this is where we find out that they're they're married. Um, and that, that he chose to fire Lulu. That was the one firing that he had, that he decided to do. Um, and she, she says she's okay with it. She is chain smoking as she does throughout the entirety of this movie. Um, and he says, you know, it, it's, it's better. It's better that it was you. Cause uh, if it was me, we wouldn't have any money. Um, yeah, he's yeah. he's really working to try to defend this. Yeah, and then she she is passively talking to him, and you know, okay, like I guess I understand, and you know, all of a sudden she says something along the lines like, "Make it up to me. I want I want a TV. I want a brand new TV." And he he says, you know, like, "Oh, we don't have this kind of money," and is something, and she mentions her brother. Adjay, and <laughs> we, uh, we meet Adjay in a little bit, right? He, and I think Emil Hirsch references him as Adjay, but I think it's Adjay all throughout. And Aubrey Plaza notes, well, you know, my brother has a sweet cash box, which is super weird. But, yeah, they say cash box in this movie constantly. Yeah, <laughs> cash box. And then how did he how did he get this cash box? Emil Hirsch inquires. Right. Uh, you know, and uh, he then definitely devises a plan that he hears about this cash box from her brother. He, uh, he's super jealous. And then we pretty much before we have a cutscene right to just immediately the next day they're gonna burglar this guy. Uh, Aubrey Plaza does see on the TV. She you know Emil Hirsch walks off and she does see an advertisement that there's gonna be this evening with Beverly Lynn and. She's yeah. kind of mystified by it, like, hmm, like she knows something about this and this person. Yeah. But we don't we don't know all too right. much. Right. No, there's familiarity. Yeah, familiar yeah, never mind. And I think I think there's eyes, yeah, but... the, and I think there's a scene she quickly is, there's a picture of her and him and Yeah, the next scene drawers. it's like she's looking through her drawer and there's a picture. My one one thing when when they're talking about the cash box, um uh, Emil Hirsch uh, Shane says no way that fucking vegan has more cash in his cash box than I do. <laughs> yeah, they, and, they, and Aubrey Plaza turns to him and says, no, he does. <laughs> yeah, they, they mentioned that his brother uh, only cares about vegan things. That's almost a direct right. quote. He, he owns and, like a vegan health food store. Right, yeah. which is really scant in how many products they have. It's like maybe 50 products on a, on a rack, which we get immediately too. that the next day, boom, Emil Hirsch rolls up with the employee that we can't remember and uh cherry our tyrone roll mm-hmm. up and they're all wearing wigs i love this and yeah, wigs and sunglasses especially emile hirsch emile hirsch has this weird blonde wig on um i don't know why i mean it's clearly made for a 10 year old um i don't know why he's wearing this yeah no one does so the, the story is called adjay's amazing naturals <laughs> and it looks like a gas station um yeah. So wait, this is my favorite plan. So I don't know if this is devised in front of me or in the car, but they immediately run in. So it's it's Tyrone and it's Emil Hirsch's character, Shane. And immediately uh, uh, Emil Hirsch wants to stay behind. So they come up with this plan where uh, Tyrone has to ask for the specific product, grains of paradise. <laughs> He's like, I need your grains of paradise. <laughs> oh, of course. Please show me your grains of paradise. And, he, and it goes, they, they find it in some, you know, off aisle. Right, it's in the back. There's like a bunch of different, there's like off brand and like yeah, Adjay's brand. And it looks like someone made this in their house. It was a plastic wrap with some herbs and maybe some printout that they stapled well, yeah, to it. All of the products in the store have labels with, so Adjay is, is like an Indian gentleman. And all of the products have labels with him wearing a turban on it. It's super bizarre. Also, it is... I, I guess this is Aubrey Plaza's brother in the movie. And it, it is not brought up if one of them is adopted. They're just brother and sister. Ajay is a 60-year-old Indian gentleman. <laughs> and Aubrey Plaza is like a 30-year-old woman. Right. 
So, uh, so while while they're looking for the grains of paradise, uh, there's demands of or Ajay's, you know, asking where's your friend, and he, Emil uh, uh, Hirsch is immediately going through the cash box, can't really grab it, then grabs it, and then basically pulls a gun on him. The, the cash box is covered in fur for some reason. Yeah, it's also a cash box. So apparently, this guy's just got lots of money in it, and his life savings is in a small Muppet-themed box that he keeps in his store. Yeah, it's a, imagine a cash box of two children selling lemonade on a corner because that's the cash box right. that was maybe screwed into a piece of wood. That was holding your life savings. Definitely right. better than a bank. So he, Ajay kind of, he figures out what's going on. He flips out. He screams like a bird, which he will do multiple yeah. times. through. Ah! The night. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and Shane and, and the rest of the gang just book it. Um, yeah, I think, I yeah. think then, you know, maybe some other stuff happens, but basically we, we cut to a laundromat. Yeah. Ajay is now topless in this laundromat. Doing laundry and talking to some random friend that I don't right. think we ever see again. No. Explaining the situation. You know, my brother-in-law robbed me. I know who he is. Mm -hmm. You know, all the, you know, the wig didn't fool anyone. Right. And then now we get Jermaine from Flight <laughs> of the Concords just magically doing laundry in this laundromat. Like, hey, buddy, so you got a problem? Don't send your friend. I'll handle this. We get, <laughs> he's like, I'm rolling and bebopping through town and I could use some money and I'm a professional. And th these are things right. I he, do. He's selling himself as like some kind of professional, you know, problem solver. <laughs> and so, so Ajay says, I'm going to, I'm going to tell my cousin Poonie to fix this. And Jermaine says, what's Jermaine's name in this movie? Uh, I'll have to look it yeah, up. Well, welcome to Rabbit oh, Tree Colin. Flex, the movie where Mike never remembers anyone's nah, it's name. That's Colin. It's Colin. It's Colin. Okay. <laughs> so Colin says, forget, forget <laughs> cousin Poonie. <laughs> forget cousin Poonie. I got this. <laughs> Yeah, and so the whole thing is, you've got to get all this money. He's like, all right, I'm in, mm -hmm. but you're going to give me $200. Yeah, he that. wants to do it. That's his fee. So he rolls up to Shane and Lulu's house. <laughs> wait, where, wait, wait oh, forget oh, Cousin Poonie. For, he, he did it. <laughs> for, he forgot all about Cousin Poonie. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, Colin, Colin, yeah, Colin. Uh, rolls up to Shane and Lulu's house, uh, and he's, he can see in the window Shane and, and Tyrone and the other guy are like, having a weird dance party. Other guy is doing his, his weird bird break dance. I also wrote weird dance party. Yeah. So we, we, we don't even need two sets of notes. We have the same thing. Um, I wrote, I'm sorry, spaz dance party. Spaz dance party. Yeah. So three, three adult gentlemen in suits just having right. what was probably a drunken spaz party. So he's looking through the window and he's kind of psyching himself up to go inside and he's about to knock on the door, ring the doorbell. But Lulu has just been outside watching this happen the whole time smoking. And she says, are you the party man, party man? <laughs> yeah. So imagine you're just outside doing whatever. You're checking your mail. You're Aubrey Plaza smoking a cigarette. Mm -hmm. You're having a drink. You're doing God knows what. Some gentleman <laughs> rolls up in front of you and you're not alarmed. You're just so phased in your own life now that you look at this person and say, what's going on, party man? And not only that, Emilia Hirsch opens the door and is like, who the hell's this guy? And she's like, aren't you going to invite in the party man? And he's so baffled. He says, sure. And then a couple minutes into it, uh, Emil Hirsch makes this super gross drink. It's his right. specialty cappuccinos with five inch uh, Tootsie Roll logs. No, that the Tootsie Roll logs come later. He's making it looks like well, malt balls. It looks like you who yeah. with malt balls in oh, it. Oh, God. And so they're all <laughs> awkwardly drinking just milk on a couch, which right. barf uh, right there. But uh with that, uh, they're like, oh, yeah, like, how, how, how do you guys know each other? And soon it quickly comes out. No one knows this guy. I do love Emil Hirsch's reactions to this. Like, who the F are you? <laughs> and he's like, ah. And they're like, whoa, whoa, no, no. Like, seriously, who the F are you? So imagine, like, you're just in a small gathering having a couple of drinks. Uh, Aubrey Plaza is being kind of weird about it. Uh, we find out later why. But also, <laughs> you just realize for the last 15 minutes... There's a total stranger, <laughs> right. and this could easily turn into a horror movie quick. It doesn't, but Jermaine does pull a gun, takes the cash box, and Aubrey Plaza immediately says, I'm coming with you. Basically, this is how it's going to work, and somehow Colin is smitten over this and is like, get in the car. Well, so yeah, it's a little bit more ambitious than that. He he pulls a gun and says, give me the cash box. I know it's behind the the, the, the sofa. They do that, and then while that's happening, Aubrey Plaza steals the gun from right. Jermaine and kind of holds all of them hostage and makes Jermaine, who now has the cash box, leave with her, and they drive off in his car and check into a hotel. And then we have, we have the, the cut where 
It's a failed team up where Ajay and Colin are now talking to each other. Uh, no, not Colin. Ajay and Shane, uh, sorry, Emil Hirsch's character, are talking to one another. So the sequence of events, again, is Emil Hirsch stole money from Ajay. And now Colin and Shane's wife stole that money and left. So now no one has that money that originally wanted it. And Ajay wants his money back. And Emil Hirsch is like, hey, buddy, we need to make a deal. I don't have the money either. And Ajay is firm throughout this film. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to come to your place every day. I'm going to make fun of you. I'm going to treat you like garbage. It is your job to get my money back. It's not mine. We're not partners and we're not in this together. <laughs> there are several scenes where this is highlighted. And Emil right. Hirsch is kind of like, hey, buddy. And Ajay is like, absolutely not. And <laughs> says very kind of dark things to him. Yeah. Emil Hirsch says, you, you, you know, you, you, she's your sister. You've got to track, him, track her down. <laughs> and Ajay's response. Track her down. I'm a fucking vegan. <laughs> yeah. So so powerless. The, yeah. The, the veganism made him powerless. Powerless. Yeah. So we we have a. I also drew a side picture of Jermaine's character, and I'm going to show it to Mike right now. <laughs> I think it's a pretty accurate. No, that, that, that's what he looks a like. Accurate yeah. representation. We don't even. We didn't even need artwork for this. You could just use that. <laughs> we um, yeah, also have a sketch of Jermaine. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Um, so they check into this weird hotel. Um, the, the concierge is, is kind of bonkers. Uh, Aubrey Plaza specifies that they need a room with two twins beds. <laughs> and they have a discussion on how to say. There's a lot of plurals going yeah. on in this. Is it two twins bed? Two twin bed? Yeah, they, they there, can't the get it right. Mans is brought up. Man, yeah. uh, <laughs> when they reference the money from the cash box, it's always monies. Yeah, and that's that's why, as I mentioned earlier, there's there's just no good way to talk about this movie that really conveys how weird everything is because everything is weird uh but that's that's neither here nor there also we, we are introduced to another character when everyone's checking into the hotel it's lawrence and i don't know if it's ever established the full name but it's is, is lawrence lawrence doggy lawrence doggy the the concierge yeah, yeah. and that's jacob wysocki if i'm pronouncing that correct he looks and familiar but i don't know who this is i saw him in a movie called terry i really liked it as an independent film i also saw that he was in pitch perfect I've mm. seen this guy in a ton of films. I think this dude is hilarious. He is absolutely one of my favorite characters. So we we were looking at a movie that has Jermaine from Flight of the Concords. Absolutely love him. This movie has Matt Berry, who I absolutely mm -hmm. adore. Yeah. And out of all of these people, I do think the concierge, uh, Jacob Boisaki, is one of my favorite characters. So that's a lot to say with some of these awesome cast members. That's true. Yeah, he, he's every time he's on on screen, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so we've we, they're checked in, and I I think at this point they're uh, my my notes are I this is this should be my catchphrase my notes are a little disjointed at this point. Um, uh, I, I think uh, right now is where they're in the uh, they're, they go to the bar and they're kind of talking. Do we introduce that Matt Berry and uh, Craig Robinson are driving around? They too have now checked into the hotel. Yeah, yeah, Matt Berry and uh, um, what's his name? Craig Robinson. And Craig Robinson, who is Beverly, who Loughlin. is Beverly Laughlin. So Matt Matt Berry and and Beverly Laughlin uh, also check into the hotel. They're driving a Toyota Tracel, like from Breaking Bad, um, <laughs> with a custom license plate that says Luffers. I, I noted that yeah. like Luffers pulls up. <laughs> I just wrote that. And <laughs> and Craig Robinson does not utter a word in this movie. He just well. He will, but not spoiler ahead. Yeah, spoiler spoiler alert. But yeah, we only um, hear him. You he know, he just like goes, Frankenstein's monster. Right, like, That's all we hear. Yeah, variations of hers. Right. So they they check into the hotel, and you know it's uh it, it's represented that they're there for they're they're the the live event. They're yeah, the they're magical be this, night. Yeah, this magical night that people are going to line up for. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to be, be having a great time. Right. Um, and, but then we get a couple quick cuts again. I, mm -hmm. I have as my notes go, because I, I often note when they change scenes, we quickly have Ajay again, and he's coming in and he's calling Colin a fat loser mm -hmm. and he gets really angry. And then I think we have another quick cut of Colin and Beverly going out to eat. This is where I notice uh, again uh, that they're eating this food and it's, full of this weird melted cheese. It doesn't look appetizing. Imagine if you just took a bag of shredded Velveeta or Kraft and threw it into a plate 
it was one kind of gooey creation and he just picks it up and starts like rubbing it across his face and his beard. I can't remember actually what it was even covering. It was, it, just it, was it was onion rings. It was uh, like oh yeah, it was, cheese uh, covered onion yeah. rings, I think. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, spot on, these are great. He's just rubbing it mm-hmm. on his face. It's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh poor Jermaine. Oh, poor Jermaine indeed. And and he's Jermaine is my I can't read my own handwriting here, but he's talking about how someone choked on too much breast milk. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, that uh, that that's what happened to him. That uh, he heard something, or like some guy, or was it him? Was it Colin? Was it was he referencing Laughlin? I have no idea. It was something happened where a friend, you know, got messed up because he was drinking too much breast milk. I don't remember Jesus, the backstory. Yeah. Okay, well, a lot of weird non sequiturs and backstories and yeah. You'll, you'll have to watch it and find out. But at this point, uh, Jermaine does have the quote that I think summarizes my feeling of this movie, which is, I don't really know what's going on, but I'm having a great time. <laughs> he, he says this to Aubrey Plaza as they're, as they're eating dinner. I also try to phonetically spell that Matt Berry's character's name is, I, I can't, uh, do you remember his first name? No. But his last name is Von Donkensteiger. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Von Donkensteiger. Is it like Clarence or something? I don't know. Look it up. Okay. Um, so the... Yeah, Rodney. 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 So Rodney and Bev, they check into the hotel. They're in the Loch Loman suite. Yeah. Um, and they, they're they kind of clowning on uh, the, the concierge. What was his name? Steve Doggy. Uh, Lawrence. Lawrence Doggy. <laughs> and, it, and Matt Berry comments that he looks more like a dog than a dog does, which I thought was good. Um. And now we have another quick cut. Pool? Pool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Jer- I, I, Jermaine and well, Aubrey are, from, in, are in the pool. Everything from the movie, I think, is pretty hotel-centric going forward. Yeah, we're, right? we're just we're pretty much only in the hotel. Yeah, we basically have a lobby, a bar, the pool, and each set of hotel rooms. Yeah. And one is Matt Berry and Craig Robinson, and one is uh, uh, Aubrey Plaza and Jermaine. Yeah. So they're, they're in this Colin. pool just kind of chilling out. And in comes uh, a Beverly, and I think Matt Barry is with him. He's just grunting, and it's it's very clear that like there's a relationship between uh, Beverly Laughlin and and Lulu. Lulu is like fucking horned. She's like sliding around in this pool. Yeah, it's super kind of weird. I mean, she is super aroused. Like immediately, yeah, she sees it's him like she's, and she's she, like gyrating. She's and... ready to go. Yeah. Um, and then we immediately go to the hotel bar. Yeah, well, yeah, Bever- uh, Beverly Laughlin kind of screams and moans. Like when I say screams and moans, I mean he goes, and, and runs off. And now, bam, we're in the hotel bar called the, the Captain's Quarters, Captain's yeah. Lounge. And there's this really weird exchange. So one, let me highlight the drinks that they order. Okay. So uh, <laughs> Aubrey Plaza orders the drink Rumble in the Heather. <laughs> and Colin, <laughs> who's Jermaine, orders <laughs> rum and a rumble <laughs> and then there's a little bowl of nuts and Aubrey, <laughs> and he starts eating them and Aubrey Plaza says don't eat those nuts you don't know what's in those nuts there could be poo in those nuts <laughs> and they're like poo nuts I don't want these poo nuts and Jermaine tries to be slick or Colin tries to be slick and hands it to the bartender and says you know hey Give me some new nuts. You know what I'm talking about. Like he was in on the conversation and he wants in on the, you know, the hookup of the fresh nuts. And the bartender comically like a cartoon takes the bowl and just wraps it around his back and puts it in his left hand and then presents it and says, here's my nuts. Yeah, enjoy my nuts. And and, and problem solved. Yeah. And the, so rum and a ramble, which is now what Jermaine is drinking, is what Paul mentioned oh, earlier. Yeah. It's, it's just like chocolate milk and it has... Not like a like a like a small tootsie roll, but like when you get like the big yeah, like a Halloween size like, tootsie like a bar. big tootsie roll where it's like a series of cubes, kind of sort of tangentially stuck together. That is sticking out of this glass like a garnish. Yeah, so I think going back again to the director's uh, you know aesthetics, it's kind of this childlike perspective. And as a child, you'd probably be like, cool, chocolate milk and a candy bar. But as a grown adult, I'm like, oh my God, that's the grossest thing I can imagine. Like you're at a bar and you order that. Like, did you have a drink before that? You're going to vomit everywhere. Right. It's just so gross to watch. Aubrey Plaza's drink looked pretty good. The rumble and the Heather, it was just, I don't, it looked like like Sprite with like fruit in it. Yeah. It looked okay. I, I would have that. I, I, honestly, I'd try the rum and a ramble as well. Was it the captain's lounge? Is that the bar there? I think the captain's lounge, yeah. 
Yeah, so there, I, I note that on my on this page too. That I was like, last note, tootsie, tootsie roll bar in there. Right. Yeah, it looks so gross. And so they're they're kind of this is where they we're, we're, they're getting to know each other because you know she kind of kidnapped him sort of and he's into it because you know he maybe fancies her a little bit. She says, "What's the story of Colin?" He's like, "It's a the long interesting tale." Um, that turns out to not to not be long. It's just like some story where it's like, ah, oh, there are two Collins in the family and his dad's name was Colin, but he had a good friend named Colin. And he used to say, ah, my name's Colin, too, as a joke. And everyone loved it. Then I was born with teeth. So he named me Colin because <laughs> I looked like a puppy. Like it's. Yeah, like, it was it was a weird. Conversation. Aubrey Plaza straight up just says that's the worst story I've <laughs> ever heard and is outwardly angry about it. Yeah, she's she's hot and cold throughout this movie. Um Ben, so Beverly and uh, and uh, Matt Berry show up, and they go off to a table, and they, you know, Colin and uh, and Lulu decide to follow them, and they they just sit down and say, "Do you mind if we join you?" But they they've already sat down. There, there was it was just a hollow. Yeah. So I really want to note now too. I you know I kind of alluded to this more and more of these quick cuts. Now we're really into the hotel. Now everyone has pretty much arrived. Emil Hirsch and his gang from that area, they'll come back and forth, but everything is going to be about the hotel because I'm really noticing, uh, even going through my notes again, that it's almost set up like a play. I could imagine seeing the screenplay of this, like scene one, scene two, scene three, in all the settings because it's going to go one room to another room to back to Bob's, the restaurant where Emil Hirsch works at, back to Emil Hirsch's house uh, and so on. Yeah, it's, it's like community theater where they only have three sets and they just alternate between the three of them. But admittedly, they do it well. I mean, I definitely want to yeah. hand it to the director that, I mean, it's not limiting in any capacity to the enjoyment of the film. It's They're probably working on a budget. They had notable people working. I mean, there's so many notable people in this film, um, even for the time, I would have to assume. Yeah, no, I, I mean, when, when when did this movie come out? 2017? 18? 18. Yeah, so I mean, all of these people are, like, famous in their own right at that point. Like, Aubrey Plaza is kind of a big deal. Matt Berry, if you if you enjoy anything British, is is the best. I mean, I would say Jermaine would almost be internationally Jermaine, famous. Yeah, Jermaine internationally famous because he's from, you know, New Zealand. It's like the Concords. I mean, they yeah, tour. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, just a lot of... Maria Bamford is in this movie. She makes an appearance later. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of kind of like bigger name or even medium name comedians. Uh, but yeah, they, they they do it well. And just to summarize, skipping around now, that, I mean, see the movie to go totally scene by scene. But they're back at Emile Hirsch's house. I mean, he's really angry. They're back at the hotel bar. A couple of things are happening. Like I'm noting a couple of things along the way. But really, the only thing that we find out from a lot of these scenes is that uh, Beverly Loughlin is believed to be dead. Um, we we find that out in a little bit. Um, one one crucial thing that does happen now, and it the, it, it ties into something that happens later, is uh, Shane sends uh, Tyrone. Oh, that's right. To yeah, the hotel to kind of infiltrate. And yeah, he goes to spy on everyone. He goes to spy on everyone. And he ends up in the bar, um, and he, so he he asks the the concierge. Uh, where he can get a drink, and he says the captain's bar. I like that he says, "Is the captain is the captain there?" there? And he and, says, "Fuck no." Yeah, the concierge is just that was just immediately triggering the concierge. Um, but who is there? I didn't I didn't catch her name. It was like Helga. It was some yeah, kind of like, it's the bartender. The bar, I, I do not. There's know. There's like her. a female bartender there who's dressed like a future sailor, um, and like there there's just a very brief exchange between Tyrone and this bartender. He orders a beer. He orders a beer. He drinks the beer in one gulp. And then we cut to a, uh, like a hotel a sex hotel. scene of those two. Right. He is just pounding this girl from behind while screaming, Tyrone loves cold beer. Yeah. It was super, super weird. <laughs> it was, but I mean, I don't, I don't want to paint too graphic of a picture, but kind of in carrying on with the theme of this, this director with, uh, gross things. Like it was graphic in a not pleasant way. And then quick cut back to Bob's where Ajay just walks in and looks right at Shane. You look fat today. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, I told you he's making good on his promises all throughout this film. It is your problem. You stole money from me. You need to get it back. I will make your right. life a living hell every day until you do this. And this really is agitating the hell out of Emil Hirsch's character. That's true. And Ajay, as he's saying this, he's wearing like a chunky cable knit sweater that is tucked into like Daisy Duke shorts for some reason. And he, so he sees this poster for uh, Beverly Loughlin, One Magical Night Only. And that's where he knows and, and that, he, you know, he, this he, guy's dead. And he recognizes him and he says, that man is dead. And then they have a conversation about like, well, 
okay. Now, now, yeah, I mean, so that kind of, there's an illusion. This guy's dead. There's some mystery. Now, quick cut. We're back in Aubrey Plaza's room, and Colin Germain is furious. He's really angry <laughs> because she's kind of leading him on. He's really frustrated about this. He doesn't know really why he's there. And he immediately, this is how he initiates the, 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 the fight. And I know why Mike's laughing. He goes, I'm going to go feast on some snacks. And just, like he's four years right, old. And he just like, storms out. Yeah, he definitely storms out. <laughs> I often like to go feast on snacks. This this episode of uh, Rabbit Troop Sucks has been brought to you by yeah. snacks. snacks. Yeah. <laughs> Presently, we're not feasting on snacks. I have my own liquid snack. Mm. Um, but later on, feasting on snacks. Uh, <laughs> Mike, you're actually drinking Breckenridge bourbon. If you that's true, ever, you ever want to sponsor us Breckenridge bourbon, that's often our drink of choice. So it, take that's that. true. Yeah, local. That is very true. We're from Colorado, and we drink local bourbon. Yeah, yeah. Rabbit Troop loves local bourbon. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I have some sporadic notes at this point mm-hmm. in time. You know, uh, Beverly Lufflin is sneaking out. Uh, and he gives a letter to Lawrence to give to Lulu, I believe. Yeah, he gives a letter to the to to the concierge to give to Lulu. And then, yeah, I have that uh, Colin continues to fight with Lulu. Oh, yeah, he comes back. That's right. Uh, it's kind of weird. Like, he just comes back and immediately just starts fighting with her. I guess he did not feast on enough snacks. Yeah, he, he did not. And um, then we were with Emil Hirsch back with him, and he has now gone through... Um, a lot of uh, Aubrey Plaza's belongings and he finds an array of photos and he's like, Oh my God, who's this guy? And all the photos are Aubrey Plaza and Craig Robinson together. So uh, Lulu and uh, Beverly Lufflin. So I was like, wait, who is this guy? You know, clearly if he's dead or not, you know, there's something going on. Are you queuing me up for something? I think so. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I, um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where we are in this movie. Cause there's, yeah, Paul's right. There's a lot of weird, a lot of weird uh, quick cuts. I, I have them back at a dinner. Oh, yeah. Don't they? Like, she asked, like, oh, no, no, wait. Is, oh, so, yeah, no, she asked them, like, oh, we should go out to dinner. Okay. Um, where I'm at is, uh, so after kind of what you mentioned with uh, with Shane, this is great radio for you guys. <laughs> um, he, he, kind of, he goes and ambushes Lulu in the hotel lobby. Um, and she screams and, like, uh, you know, a security guard, like, pulls him off her. And just kicks him in the dick right outside. Um, I, I, I then have a note that I can't read. It says, I think it says, "Candy doo doo." Yeah. So something. this this is we're at dinner. So Aubrey Plaza. That's what I was noting. You know, she's like, she. I, I do think she genuinely tries to make it up to her him. Their relationship is a weird, yeah, very okay. quick up and down in this. So she says, you know, how about we have a night on the town? Let's go out to dinner. And that's he's like, right. he's that's like, right. you know what? That sounds great. And uh, he he's playing with his ear, something that was noted before. She's like, oh, you put your earring back in because someone made fun of him before. Cool. And he's like, and she goes, the mystery of Colin is deepening. And he immediately, what Mike was noting, goes into the story on how his grandmother potty trained him. That's right. Okay, that's would, where the candy doo-doo came from. <laughs> and now he's trying to tell this weird story. And he's like, my grandmother always used to have these wonderful candies. They were dusted with these gourmet sugars. Now let me get to the main part of the story. And like, it had nothing to do with anything. And he highlights that these candies that he loved, I guess it has something to do, but it was such a weird opening. He's like, basically, my grandmother knew I loved these candies. So every time I properly pooped on the toilet, she'd give me one. And then it was kind of weird. He's like, once I got 14. And I thought, <laughs> did he poop 14 times? And he is very long-winded, and it's supposed to be. Because Aubrey Plaza, I almost feel this is improv because the looks on her face are mm, interesting. You could stop anytime. This is a terrible story. You're very terrible at telling stories. You've established that when telling me your namesake. If this you, is terrible. If you told me that 90% of this movie was improvised by the actors, oh, I sure. would believe you 100%. Sure. Um, and so, I, I think Matt Berry definitely improvises throughout this. Yeah, I don't think anyone had scripts. So Jermaine's story about getting candy in exchange for doo-doo nuggets culminated in explaining how his grandmother died because she got hit in the back of the head with a hammer. And that Aubrey Plaza just immediately looks so baffled (laughs) about how that transitioned from one part to another. It it's a super bizarre story and we basically told it and hopefully you react just like Aubrey Plaza did. (laughs) Um, 
My next note says Horse Fun Magazine and Turkish Swirl Cigarettes. Can so, you help me with yeah, that? Yeah, so they're having a really great time. And, you know, there is kind of a weird, subtle spark between the two of them. So they do get back to the hotel room. I think Aubrey Plaza just thinks, I had a pleasant night. They have these two twin beds in the room. She's clearly getting ready. And he thinks this might turn into a sexual encounter. And he... Uh, unbuttons his shirt, he takes off his pants and he's in boxers or underwear or something. And he immediately pulls out a magazine. And I believe that, <laughs> that, okay, was that, that the magazine was called Horse, Horse Fun. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the back page had an ad for Turkish swirl cigarettes. Um, another quick cut that I kind of forgot about. We cut to uh, Shane Danger and Tyrone who are at Tyrone's mother's house for some reason. I think they had to pick her up at some point. Yeah, I think and, he says, like, I, I got to pick my mom up from the clinic. Right. <laughs> so they're having dinner with his mother, and they're kind of just, like, talking through what happened. And his mother, who is a man, straight up, like, we can agree on that, right? Yep. Um, has a comically long coughing fit. And this this plays into the director's penchant for gross things like there's he's coughing up food like it's it's really disgusting and it, it's like a family guy moment where it, it goes like it it starts off being gross and then it kind of gets funny and then it goes on long enough that it's gross again but then it's kind of funny at least to me and it went on for i mean uh, maybe 90 seconds but <laughs> in is, a movie that's forever also going back to that improv there is uh, a couple cuts to emil hirsch's facial expressions <laughs> yes. and he does seem He's, almost weirded out like startled well, by yeah, this, this, yeah. this is still going maybe maybe this is a problem <laughs> right um so has okay so now now we're back at the hotel yep and lulu is writing a letter to to to, to beverly laughlin so because the first i i think we kind of I don't know if it's happened yet or if we skipped over. So he wrote a letter to Lulu and we don't, we didn't know what it said, but the theme was like, meet me by the pool. Yeah. And I, she, she reads it inside the bathroom. You're, you're, you're right on track. Okay. She reads it inside the bathroom, uh, secretively. And then when they both go to sleep, Colin and her separately, she sneaks out and goes to the pool. But when she gets to the pool, Matt Berry shows up in clown makeup, <laughs> yes. swimming in the pool. And he just goes, the show is over. <laughs> and again, in clown makeup, not full clown makeup, just really like accents on the eyes, maybe a little lipstick. It was kind of alarming. It, it was weird. Yeah. Like a horror film. But yeah, so the, the letter, she was there because Bev let, wrote her a letter saying, meet me by the pool. But Matt put some, uh, he put pills in Beverly's tea. So he fell asleep and he went to the pool to tell her to fuck off. And it's, um, I can't remember at some point in time, he did intercept this. So he knew what the plan he, was. Yeah, he, he was, he was privy to it. Um, so now she, she, she writes a letter back to him and he she delivers it to the concierge. And now we have Maria Bamford shows up and she just kind of you, you see her from a distance and she she calls uh, she calls Lulu a skinny little pig um, and then, then just kind of like storms off. And we only see her a couple times. Her her character is very weird in this movie. Yeah, she was. I had to look up. I, I you know we go to IMDb often. You know what are the characters' names? This character does not have a name. It is referenced as uh, Beverly Laughlin's ex-wife, and that's why she's really angry at Aubrey Plaza. And we do get a backstory. We of find out what happened later. And yeah. on IMDb, the character is just listed as the elegant woman. Elegant woman. Okay. And then we're we're back at Bob's, and Ajay uh, brings in a tough. So quick cut. And this guy in black leather shorts and boots and black <laughs> socks hiked up and like a little uh, leather cap and little leather vest comes in. Yeah, he looks like a leather daddy. And he says, do you have a back room? And Emil Hirsch agrees he's to like, show him where it is. He's like, yeah, I have a back room. He's like, would you show me to that back room right now? He's like, okay. And they go to the back room and then you can hear the sounds of him getting his ass kicked. Yeah, just one fall, like, fell swoop, pa. And then he walks out, and then uh, Emil Hirsch has a, clearly a bloodied or broken nose. Right. And and so now this is where we get a little backstory into Maria Bamford, because Matt Berry it goes to her room, um, the, the classy woman's room. And I, I, I my notes here are, are kind of spotty, but she's like, I don't care – you know, where you met this guy. I don't know if you care. I don't know if you met him while stuttering embroidery in Aberdeen. Um, but like, I'm his ex-wife and that little tramp stole her, stole him from me. So she, she's kind of indicating like, yes, she is Beverly's ex-wife and that Lulu 
was the one who broke up their marriage. Yeah, we don't know much more about that. And we will never know more about that because it is not really talked about again. A sort of, Mm. no, Aubrey Plaza has a talk with Colin. Aubrey Plaza highlights how she met Beverly Loughlin. That's true, but him having a wife was never mentioned in her story. Oh yeah, that's, 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 I, I, I think that's pretty true. Oh, yeah, as far as that story goes, yeah. yes. But how Aubrey Plaza broke up that marriage, I mean, you could piece it together. Yeah, sure. Um, she's better looking than Maria Bamford. Beverly Loughlin wakes up and then does open these curtains, sees the elegant woman, grunts. Mm-hmm. We're back at Bob's. Oh, no, I already noted that AJ brings the tough. So I think. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm back. We, <laughs> We're back. We, okay, so Colin is feeling totally dejected all across the board, and he is at the bar. There was a moment where uh, Aubrey Plaza is there, and she just leaves, and now we're introduced to Paulette. Paulette is is hitting on Colin at the bar, and we see a little bit of that, and she's, like, flirting with them. We're back at the pool. Aubrey Plaza and Beverly Lynn do show up. But Matt Berry mysteriously also shows up and takes him away. And then we're back at the bar and there's a lot of banter between uh, Colin and Paulette all yeah. throughout this. So Colin is, he's telling Paulette the same story that he told Aubrey Plaza Loves earlier. It. The namesake story. And yeah, and she's she's deep into it. And now she says, you know, hey, do you, is there a place we can go to be alone? So we cut, to, I think it's like, a, like the hotel's laundry room and they are just going to pound town. Yeah, uh, and then yeah. she she basically and quickly says, and now you and now you owe me fifty dollars. So we're back at the hotel room immediately, and, and Jermaine uh, is highlighting this to Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> uh, I did just sleep with this woman. She is a sex worker. She normally charges eighty dollars, <laughs> but she only, she only charged, charged me, me 50, fifty. So yeah. I think I, this is win win for everybody. Uh, Aubrey Plaza does not give a damn about any of this because clearly she's not interested and definitely wants to meet up with Beverly Loughlin. Right, but and, and this is where we we start to get the backstory because this is where Aubrey is telling Jermaine about how she met this person. Yeah, so this is actually more of a serious moment. There are a couple of them, and she highlights you know this backstory. Oh, and wait, there, there's a, a quote that I do want to note that... Uh, Someone says, you know, maybe we should get Ajay involved. Maybe he could help in all this. And uh, and uh, Aubrey Plaza says he's not interested in anything if it unless it's vegan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I didn't have that quote, but I do remember this. Yeah, but I do you have do you have the backstory of what she said? Yeah, so she says he was he was a poet. That's right. He, he was my professor. I was in love. Um, he took me to this island. We went swimming. Like he dove in beyond me, beyond where I was. He just kept swimming, and then he went underwater, and I I, I couldn't find him. Um, and he waved to me, and I waved back, right. and he dove under, and when I went to go get him, he was gone. Um, and w- she went back to the hotel, and she told people, and they said, oh, no, he he drowned. Um, and she mentioned that only Ajay was the one who knew this. Uh, he was the only one that she told about, about this. Yeah, he's like, why didn't you tell me? She's like, I've never told anyone except for Ajay. Oh, why, why doesn't he help? And that's, but he's not interested in anything unless it's vegan. Unless it's vegan, <laughs> right, exactly. So basically we are now gearing up that we are getting to this night. Uh, we hadn't said, but there was a couple delays that one night was delayed. Beverly Loughlin wasn't feeling well. There's another delay. And then right. managers highlights, I will give you one more delay, but that's it. And he's, he's this weird kind of, emotionalist mannequin phantasmy kind of fella right he's and, like impossibly tan but he has hair that's white as a ghost and when he opens his eyes it's like a, a ventriloquist doll opens his eyes it's like open i right. am now alive and i am speaking to you so that's kind of just the ambiance of what's going on yeah that, that's something we hadn't mentioned the the people that are at this hotel to see this one magical night have been there for like four days now because it keeps getting postponed. But manager puts down the law. He says, it's no, it, we, this is it. We got to do it. So we're, we're kind of, we're gearing up for the, for that one magical night. Um, it's the day of now. And uh, Shane Tyrone and the other guy are in, are they're in their car outside. They're kind of scheming they're, They got something, they're cooking something up. Um, and, uh, we were introduced to a new character, which is the events coordinator. I don't remember his name, but I liked him quite a bit. Yeah, I was like he was a, he was a weirdo. I have nothing more to add to that. Um, 
you it's just everyone go watch this movie and you'll know what we're talking about yeah i mean basically we're just leading up to what this magical night is i mean there's some conversations and a little bit of exposition going forward but i mean really we just basically get to the magical evening and all of this is starting yeah and- it's all starting so tyrone gets out of the car he sneaks into the side entrance with the help from the bartender whom he did plowing with earlier and he gets into the to Lulu's room and gets the cash box. So yeah, he, they steal the cash and they're he, so, out. So he steals the cash box and he pieces out. Um, and uh, and Shane and the other guy go to the show. Shane has like a cake box with him. Yeah. Which it, we, we will find out later does actually have a cake in it. Um, I mean, spoiler, it's uh, Lulu's it's birthday. Lulu's birthday, yeah. She, so she mutters to herself at one point in the mirror, happy birthday, Lulu. And it's kind of like a sad passing moment because no one, you know, no one has acknowledged that it's her birthday yet. And when this evening starts and the event coordinator highlighted this, uh, how people are going to enter and walk through and what side of the stage that are going to go on. This is a room with maybe at most 100 people. Yeah, and it's not a it's not a big event center. So Matt Berry comes in and he goes to the left. Of, yeah. You know what we see? Well, and he's wearing everyone. I don't think we've mentioned what they're wearing at, at all points in time. Matt Berry and Beverly Laughlin are wearing like full Scottish Highlands guard. Yeah, I said uh, when we get to, well, I mean, we'll tell it. So Matt Berry comes in and he's wearing that. He sits down. Then 12 children yeah, come children, in. <laughs> children are showing up. And then Beverly Loughlin comes in and it's exactly what, you know, Mike said some Scottish garments. Yeah, he looks like the last king of Scotland. He's got like a big, like a scepter he's walking up. Yeah, with. So, so I wrote, imagine everything Mike just said mixed with maybe part of the Queen of Hearts army in Alice in Wonderland. That's like accurate. Yeah. Weird scepters and hats. <laughs> like it's, it's like royalty, but not so much. It's very confusing on what's going on. Yeah. Um, the I don't know if you notice this on the kick drum. So Matt Berry has like a keyboard and a kick drum. The kick drum like logo, like a like a band would have, is a creepy dude. Did you see this at all? <laughs> so that there's your Easter egg to look out for. Look look for the kick drum, because um, it's like a guy in like a Scottish golf beret with like a creepy grin. I don't know. Um, so the 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 kids like start dispersing. Matt Berry is now playing a lute. And there's like a keyboard thing going. And Beverly Laughlin, this is the first time we hear him say anything other than, uh, he starts singing like a Scottish folk song. Yeah, it's so, it's really disarming the voice that comes out of Craig Robinson. Because it's supposed to be kind of Scottish, but not. And it just almost sounds just firm. Like I wrote down some weird lyrics. It's like, tick tock, tickety tock. Like something like that, and that's how he's singing, and like 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 a mechanical doll. It's like beat drum, beat drum, while Matt Berry's playing a lute. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's playing a lute, and so the the first song is weird, and it's it's that TikTok Tiggity Talk song, and then they kind of have a little bit of banter, and Beverly Laughlin goes into this this whole thing about like the song is about you know sometimes you need to be alone, you need to go for a swim, and he then he he jumps into this song called. I don't know what it's called, but the main chorus is, why did I ever become a football referee? I wrote that inside. Football referee question mark. And the whole song is like, (laughs) I could have been a scientist or whatever and stuff. Why did I ever become a football referee? And this is like this whole. This is a magical night. Yeah. The the whole movie has been like, you don't know what it's being built up as. Like at some point, is Beverly Laughlin dead? Is he a zombie? Like, why is he groaning? What kind of music is he going to play? Like we actually, we don't even know that he's going to play music. It's not referenced that a magical night is a musical night just that it's magical yeah um and now he's singing like weird scottish highland folk songs about becoming a football referee yeah it's really weird i mean i if you gave me 12 guesses if you gave me a thousand guesses i would have never thought this would have been the magical evening um the 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 costumes the i don't know where the children went at this point in time where are the children (laughs) no one those children are unattended and so during all of this, uh, Craig Robinson, uh, Beverly Laughlin, then, you know, breaks into the song about, you know, how he misses people. And he really just dedicates everything to Bever- or to Aubrey Plaza's character. Right. He, he sees her in the audience and now he's explaining things. He's kind of like laying down the law. 
And this, and now this erupts that he tells Matt Berry, he's like, he says, listen, you're my best friend or you're a great friend, but I'm not in love with you. Right. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Yeah. He's like, I gave my love to someone else. And he's alluding to Aubrey Plaza. And then in a fight ensues, everyone's, everyone's. Well, wait, then he says, happy birthday, Lulu. Oh yeah, he does. Um, Then a fight ensues. So yeah, the the fight ensues because Shane, who has been in the back of this room the whole time with with a box, with a fucking cake box, he storms up and he's like, that's my wife. I don't know you. Um, and he produces a cake and the cake like looks like a frowny cat. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was like, it's my wife's birthday, like blah, blah, blah. And then, then, yeah, then the fight ensues. Like everyone, it's like a barroom fight from any movie where everyone's just punching each other for no reason. And yeah, everyone's just getting knocked the fuck out. Yeah, Beverly Loughlin is able to escape uh, or just kind of walks off and then Aubrey yeah, he, Plaza <laughs> tracks him down and was like, hey, man, like I, I, there's letters. I'm supposed to meet you. You're ditching, ditching me. And he's like, you know, here's the situation. I left. Uh, this dude was in on it. He helped me restart my life. And then I eventually met Matt Berry as character. And, you know, I just started things over. And I just don't know. And then she says, what about what you said today? Well, I say a lot of things while I'm on stage. I don't know what I mean. This is actually a really confusing conversation because yeah, it's, it is. I don't know what I'm telling you. I don't know what I say. You know, I get anxious. That's why I can't talk. That's why he's lost his voice. For right. All these that, days. That's why for the first hour and a half of this movie, all he's been doing is going because he, he has indigestion from the anxiety from performing. Yeah. So he he doesn't talk for days because he can't do that before performance. And now he doesn't know if what he's telling her is real. Colin walks in and this is a weird turning point because we're really close to the end of the film. And Colin basically says, you'd just be lucky to even have her affection. And he's clearly jealous over all this, but he does change his character a bit. And right then and there, uh, Aubrey Plaza kind of gives him the nod of maybe I underestimated you. Maybe you're someone I would like to get to know. Yeah. He's standing up for himself a little bit. Um, and then, so the, the scene kind of ends there and they, Aubrey and, uh, and Jermaine kind of reconcile at the bar. They're back at the bar. He, he, he's drinking a rum and a ramble. She rolls up and she orders two, uh, rumble in the, the hedges or whatever it's called <laughs> in the Heather rumble in the Heather. And he orders two more rum and a ramble. Um, and they're, you know, they're kind of talking through things like, you know, it's, it's real talk time. Um, and then we have in the background, did you catch the DJ's name? I did not. It's DJ Valerie Grills, <laughs> who is okay. like, who is, who is an insanely old man wearing like a giant neon jacket for some reason. <laughs> um, and he cues up this like dope ass song. I don't remember what it was. Uh, I don't even, uh, honestly, I don't even know if it's a real song or if it was made for this movie, but I thought it kind of slapped. Um, and, and the two of them, they, they kind of start dancing. And when I, dancing is a phrase I'll use lightly here. Aubrey Plaza is one step away from being Julia Louise Dreyfus on Seinfeld. Yeah, she is that's accurate. Moving maybe rhythmically, and it's clearly comedic. It's not that, you know, maybe Aubrey Plaza can't dance. It's, it's so weird. It's so fitting for this movie. And she starts dancing oddly. And then he joins in. He starts dancing oddly. And then, you know, they go back to the room and... Uh, oh, no, the, at the end of the song, the song cuts, Aubrey Plaza jumps in his arms, they kiss, they go back to the room, you think there might be some kind of sexual situation. Right. Uh, there's not. Actually, I really like the end, and it's, she falls asleep, and she, you know, she half wakes up and says, I love you. And she also says, every girl needs a Colin. Oh, which, yeah, I, which I thought was sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, then there's the, she says, she says, I love you. And then, yeah, like half asleep, and he's like, really? And she says, yeah. And yeah. he says, I love you too. They both smile and it ends. And then you think it's over, but you get one last scene and it's Matt Berry back at a convenience store buying nibbles, which I think was <laughs> nibbles. I think it was like a microwave burrito or something. Yeah. Like and then he gives it to uh, Craig Robinson, but he thinks Craig Robinson is now just dead. He tries to wake <laughs> Craig Robinson up. He's like, help, help. He rolls out he the rolls window. It's like, we've got a, we've yeah, got a death. Is, yeah, this is a death scene. <laughs> we've got a death help scene. Me. This is a death scene. And you think he's dead and he's not. He was just asleep. No, he, he grubbles. He, he wakes up. And he wakes up and eats his nibbles. Yeah. And, that, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And then, like the, the Shane is never mentioned again. Nope. Like no other characters are ever mentioned. Um, and I'm fine with that. It, it ended as well as it needed to for me. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I am going to tell you all pretty directly. I think this would be a super polarizing film, but this is one I absolutely enjoy. Yeah, it's. I mean, if 
if you like Napoleon Dynamite, I can't imagine you not liking this movie. I think if you also like almost any member of the cast, maybe a couple of them. That's I mean, true. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and a couple of my notes, I just, I just kept writing Matt Berry. His voice is just so pleasant to listen to. Just listen to Matt Berry. He could just tell you any kind of stories, buy his jazz albums, watch any of, you know, his many TV shows. Have yes. You heard I hear of, you, Clem Fandango. Have you heard any of his music? Like his non. I have. I, I've listened to some of his jazz. Uh, but what I listened to had no vocals or anything. It was a couple songs. Is that the album with, with him holding like a pheasant on the cover? That might be. Okay. Yeah. I think I listened to a couple of tracks a long time ago and they were instrumentals. And I, I really. Really didn't know all the things that he was doing in it. I just know he was associated with it, yeah. which I thought was kind of awesome. Yeah, but no, you're right. I mean, anything that Matt Berry touches for me is usually pretty good. Like he, he's his presence is enough for me to enjoy something, even if it's bad. But this movie isn't bad. I mean, I know we've kind of been back and forth on how we're describing this. Like when. It's kind of an experience. As I said, you know, the gross parts are gross, but it doesn't make me not want to watch it. It no. just makes me think like this is kind of gross like, and dingy and weird. I like this movie a lot. If if I'm what give, give me a letter rating. What's your letter rating for this movie? Because I know what mine is and I'm going to tell you. I would put this movie probably for me anywhere from a B to a B plus. Okay, this for me this movie is a solid A. Um you you recommend that we watch this. I don't think you would seen it when you and I watched it, but you were aware of it. I watched part of it and then I stopped watching. That's it. right. Okay. Um, th- th- I, I love this movie. Um, I, I went home and I made my girlfriend watch it. We, we actually bought a copy of this for, uh, her, my, my girlfriend's sister and brother-in-law for her, uh, her sister's birthday. Cause like, did th- they like it? They loved it. Yeah. Awesome. This is a movie that I like, I feel like I'm an evangelist for this movie. I, I love this movie. I think it's super fun. I think it's super well done. I think all the characters are charming. Um, yeah, I, I have I have no criticism for this movie. I also want to know, like, giving it something like a B to a B plus. I do not think that is a low score by any means. I mean, I definitely see no, no, point, sure. point of view. Uh, just there's a couple loose ends that I wish were tied up. Um, there's a little tightening of this movie back and forth. I think that it could have been used. I actually would have loved to seen any kind of blooper reels. We watched this on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if it's currently on when anyone listens to this or not, you should totally watch it. But uh, if there are deleted scenes and there's other things, I think this movie in ways could have been longer or tightened up. But as I said, some of the gross aspects, I'm like, eh, maybe that's my detraction. But I mean, it's a super fun film. Again, I mean, if you've watched anything from The Office to the IT crowd to, I mean, I'm trying to think of everything that all these characters have been in Parks and Rec, as we've clearly noted before. I mean, there's so many fun moments and these characters and actors yeah. are so fun in it. They yeah, clearly, I, mean, I think everyone had a good time. It looked like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like Craig Robinson a lot. My, my favorite Craig Robinson uh, as you know, my online gaming persona is named after his side character from <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Horatio Velveteen. Um, I think he's fantastic. Aubrey Plaza is one of my favorite like contemporary actresses. Um, I think everything that I've seen her in, I've I've adored. Um, and Matt Berry is just a force. Uh, if you if you haven't seen, I, I, I would legitimately see anything Matt Berry is in. I mean, I would yeah. just directly say that I think he's, he's such a fantastic and diverse actor. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen Toast of London, that should be top of your list. Yes. Um. Yeah. Th- this movie's great. You should you should one everyone should one hundred percent watch this movie. I know this is kind of a weird podcast because we go scene by scene and there are spoilers, and then at the end we tell you like maybe you should watch this. Um. Maybe maybe in the future we should. If if we're if we're fully endorsing a movie at the beginning of the podcast, we should have a disclaimer like, "This movie's dope." Pause this, watch it, and then come back to it. I think it's just implied. Just look at the title and be like, "This movie's probably dope." Honestly, okay, yeah. <laughs> new, new new policy. When you see on your on weekly on your podcast feed, when you see the title of the podcast, just go out and watch the movie. Then listen. You're going to get a lot more out of it. Probably. I mean, that's kind of what I do with other podcasts I listen to. I'm like, oh, if, you know, they note some music. I want to go and listen to it before they explore it. Same thing with television shows, movies, etc. But as always, you could contact us at rabbit troop sucks podcast at gmail.com. You could go directly to our website at rabbit mm-hmm. Let us know if uh, you have any suggestions for movies uh, or anything interesting that you want to share with us. Our next movie is 
a movie I have seen and Mike has not. So I like that this is more obscure for Mike. And you know, the focus of this podcast is always on obscure, forgotten, weird films, you know, things that may have fallen through the cracks or just forgotten or not explored for a while. And I remember this movie and Mike and I are going to explore 1992's Free Jack starring Emilio Estevez and Mick Jagger. Yeah, th- this this movie came to be kind of, well, our, this movie came to be as a, a subject of our podcast kind of oddly. I was actually leaving my house to record our previous episode and my girlfriend loaded this movie up and she said, because I'm her go-to for any of these weird movies, uh, she's like, have you ever seen this? I like, I don't. I don't think I've ever even heard of this. And I started texting Paul as I was on my way. He's like, oh, I've seen this. We we are 100% going to do yeah. this. So I'm excited. So I, I've seen the first like 12 minutes of this movie, which seem fucking bonkers. So I'm I'm excited to actually like watch it and, and try, try to absorb it and get into it a little bit. Rene Russo and Anthony Hopkins in addition would not oh, steer you wrong. Anthony Hopkins is oh, in this yeah. movie? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, until next time, as always... You know, recording in Denver, Colorado. Yeah. I just want to let you know, Rabbit Troop sucks. Rabbit Troop sucks. Oh, do you hear? It and we're hearing fireworks. Yeah. It's, Rabbit Troop sucks. It's, it's not the 4th of July, but it's close. It could be. It could in be. In your heart. It, Rabbit Troop sucks. <laughs> <laughs>